0: everybody, and welcome to a youthful wild ride with steve We've got Mod Sun. His new album, God Save the Teen, is just out. His best friend, Machine Gun Kelly, just made a movie with him. They, they wrote it together. He, he's engaged to Avril Lavigne. He's got a very fresh and youthful view of the world. And, man, at the end, the last, like, half hour is just straight crazy talking about addiction and alcoholism and that part is juicier than hell do not miss the last half hour of this podcast let's get into it yeah okay. buddy yeah dude apologies for the delay the I fuck you talking about okay. you're a minute early ah yeah, that's fucking late as fuck
1: you're a minute early buddy <laughs> <laughs>
0: all
1: right Steve <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. I love you, bro. Dude, love you too, man. It's so good to see you again. We met briefly one time,
0: but that's it. That's right. Okay. That says two. I'm going to fucking run with it. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Maud Sun. I'm here, I made it, on my favorite podcast in the world, I love you, dude. <laughs> dude, I uh, have never had anybody, celebrity or non-celebrity alike, express to me the kind of passion for this podcast as you have.
1: It's not a joke when I say it, I was just telling him I spent so much time in my car because I live like really deep in Malibu, it takes an hour and a half to get anywhere. Um... And this is like all I listen to, bro. Yeah, I really it, do.
0: It, I've epic, probably
1: yeah. seen. I mean, I know you have like die-hard viewers, but I'm one of them, and I've probably seen close to all the episodes, dude, including the last one that you
2: just dropped.
0: Uh, the death row guy? Yeah, yeah,
2: heavy. It's heavy. Heavy It's crazy how
0: the the comments on our death row inmate podcast, I I saw literally like one.
2: Like, how dare you give this guy a platform? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He committed a crime 600 years ago. Yeah.
0: Right. They're like, this guy gets to be on a celebrity podcast, but his victim's still six feet under, and that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man. I mean,
2: granted, you know, he did murder somebody. He did. But he also was 16, and it's like... He was if seventeen. He was seventeen, and if somebody's going to get another chance, it's like. But w- dude, you know when? what?
0: You know what's crazy is that that podcast got uh, dinged by YouTube as well. For what? It's uh you know not uh, suitable for ads. So <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, it's because you're probably on YouTube and they don't <laughs> want you to see it. So look up really? "Death Row Inmate." Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Well, thank honestly. you, man. Thank you. And that's like what's really cool about your podcast is that you do stuff like that. Well, it's the first. time. I know you're you're passionate about that. Yeah, you know, dude, I love it. Yeah, I, I super love it. I and mean, it, you kind of got me into all that.
0: Bit, bro. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I I su- I really genuinely appreciated when you when you told me that. We might as well I- explain. We were at. Uh, what is it? It was a, a premiere and advanced screening. Yeah. for uh, the movie that you wrote. Yeah, and uh, and, and MGK directed it. Yeah, Coulson. me, me
1: and, me and Kels, me, yeah, me Kels. and yeah, me and Kels directed it. Colson Baker. Colson Baker, which I w- have never called him that in my entire life. Good. <laughs> I can't call him Colson dude. What do you call him, Kels? Kels, dude. Yes, we've known each other for like twelve years, and like I didn't even know he had a first name. Until like three years ago, right? Yeah, okay, but so well, he introduces
2: him himself as Kel uh Coulson. I know. I was I like, know, "Hi, nice to meet he you." He does, you does get now. Coulson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, he does now.
0: It's yeah. like uh, he, he's uh Dwayne Johnson over here. Yeah, he's like all <laughs> grown up now. Yeah, that was very proper, but I will
1: never, I will never introduce myself. Just I, I go by Mod. That's it.
0: Mod. Okay. I hate the
1: name I was born with.
0: What's your name? You were born with? Oh, dude. Derek? <laughs> Derek, All right, it's not Derek. too Derek, and it's the reason Derek. I hated it, though, is because it's spelled <laughs>
1: D-E-R-E-K, and then all the time in school, though, the teacher would say Derek, and I'm like, there is no I-C-K in my name. I don't want to hear Ick every second, so I just uh, hated Ick my whole life.
2: I hated all right. we Derek. Always, you look the, more like a mod than a Derek. Thank you. It's <laughs> the greatest
1: compliment, and we're done. Thank you. All
0: right, that's a wrap, baby. <laughs> we uh, used to always laugh, still do sometimes, we'd say, like, if, if a guy just is a disaster does not have his act together we'll say what a Daryl
1: a Daryl <laughs> yeah, yeah like kind
0: of like short for oh, derelict you know
1: yeah, okay, okay yeah and, I do know Daryls sadly hey, how do they act <laughs> <laughs> bro I, like I a Daryl yeah like a Daryl no, <laughs> legit 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 it's,
0: it's pretty funny if you think of it that way like naming your kid Daryl <laughs> Dude, I, well, I,
1: no, I always think about that. What like a, a <laughs> like a young kid named Gretchen. Like it's just, They're just so strange to name them that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so, help me remember, what was the name of that movie?
1: Good Morning. Good Morning and Morning is spelled with a U. And we actually shot it coming up here, driving up this canyon. We actually shot it. The house that we shot it at is like blocks away from here. Right. So I yeah. was over here every day for a, like two months at Five AM dude.
0: And how did that movie perform? It was on Netflix. It is on Netflix. No,
1: it's not on Netflix. Um, it's on uh Amazon Prime. It just got added to American Airlines. Wow, and, cool. uh, it's That's on a big iTunes. deal. Yeah. I mean it was our it was our first like real Real feature movie experience, you know. We right. shot a short film before that called um, Downfall's High, which was like a short film for Machine Gun Kelly's album Tickets to My Downfall okay. that we made, like kind of like a rock opera kind of thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, and that did really well. So we wrote this script and uh we were going this was before that short film for the album came out we wrote that script and we were going around town and me and Kells would show up into like these producers offices and we would go back and forth reading the script in front of them the whole thing acting out each character and uh everyone was like yo we really like the script but there's no way in hell we're gonna let you direct this like you guys do not know what the fuck you're doing at all and uh and then the short film for his album came out and then some people saw that and they were like all right like maybe maybe we will let you do this so we found a production company um david air do you know david air i do not director he did like training day and, and uh, okay. he was involved in suicide squad just like he real done a lot um his production <laughs> hi i love you <laughs> his production company um picked it up and was like we're gonna let you guys do this so that first time and like dude i learned so much and it was uh it was being uh an artist mainly you know music is my main vehicle right working on a movie was the closest thing i felt to working a real job since ninth grade that
0: that that checks out to me it's like you're waking
2: up at the same time every day early morning long days
1: wait homework sitting i mean pre-production i'm in an office sitting behind a desk nine to five yeah and it was just like a crazy. It was a really crazy learning experience. Of, what was
0: the budget for the movie?
1: It's like three and a half mil. Wow, that's a lot. It's a lot, but in standards of movie, it's not like right, crazy. Right, right. Right. But um, we got really lucky. The cast is amazing in it, which we were like all friends with, and yeah. so they kind of like out of the kindness of their heart, were like. All right, we'll support you, idiots that don't know what you're doing. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, when I say that's a lot, you're right. In the terms of movies, that's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Right. But it's it's a lot of money. I mean, the movie business is like the highest stakes gambling. It's really what it
1: is. A hundred percent, dude.
0: And... What people don't know when they hear, like, the how much money a movie brought in, that half of that number goes to the movie theaters. Yeah. You're only starting out with half of it. Yeah. And then what whatever saying? the budget was, forget about that because the budget is almost always less than what's called. P&A promotion and advertising. Right. They spend more on the billboards, the commercials, the trailers than they do on the movie itself. Yeah. So, yeah. Can, can you
2: explain that again? What, what did you say half of the budget goes to the movie theaters or half of the half income? Half of the income. Half so, if you see it grows to 100 million, that means that all the movie theaters that it was at probably took 50. 50
0: if it grows to 100 million, then 50 million went to the movie theaters. And then the other half, the other $50 million went to uh, whatever the studio.
2: There. Wow. I wonder what the profit is on that, because I thought movie theaters just made their money. They, they generally broke even and then made their money. That's why popcorn is so fucking expensive, or like Coca-Cola, because it's like they weren't making that much money off of it.
0: Yeah. You know, when, when you put it that way, dude, I think movie theater is not that bad of a business.
1: Honestly, I don't <laughs> think it is either. <laughs> that, even that though mean... you go into a movie theater now and there's
0: five people in it. Right. But well, I COVID, still think it's all right. It was, Before it was, COVID movie theater was a pretty, pretty dope business.
2: Well, it's interesting. Cause like when, I, when I travel, one of the things I like to do different countries I go to is I go see a movie in a different country. And I went all over like Southeast Asia to different movie theaters. And, uh, Popcorn there was like two bucks, or like yeah. a cocoa You know, and I'm like, fuck. How's it so expensive? And I think it's. I think I think they might make a lot of money in the United States because they do make. It's the concessions,
0: right? I mean, I don't know what's going on with movie theaters these days. But but, but your your guys' movie wasn't really in movie theaters, right? It, it like-
1: opened in like I want to say like fifteen. Okay. Um and so that was cool. Like, and like yeah. kind of like m- me and Machine Gun Kelly's like a market, so to say. I right, am right. from Minnesota. He's from Cleveland. So, like, Midwest stuff. And there was like right. an LA opening and stuff and like that. Do you have
0: a sense of how the movie performed financially? Not at all. Okay.
1: Not at all. I have. Did, that, I, did you make money I, I, on I, it? Did, on the back end yet? Yeah. No, no. Uh-uh. I haven't Um, made
0: anything on the back end of Jackass forever
1: yet. (laughs) Okay, so I've got a long ways to go. (laughs) Uh, I'll be waiting. I'll hit you up in 10 years and let you know. Um, But but, uh, as far as like, you know, it's really like a a stoner comedy and kind of um, the hopes going into it was make like, Something that's more of like a cult classic, you know, sure. that gets better over time.
0: Sure. Um, we were, Scott and I, at the the movie. That's where, where you introduced yourself to me yeah. and told me you love the podcast. We were thoroughly enjoying the movie. But we're both sober nerds and, yeah. and uh the little screening room that it was in, like it just got so smoked out with, oh, with dude, weed that we had to I know. I
1: we're know. <laughs> we are they, we, we're so close to getting kicked out. Yeah. We're so close to getting kicked I out. I was just
0: like, dude, I can't handle. like I don't I just like like i don't really care if people drink alcohol around me because like that's not entering my body yep. you know like when people are smoking weed and i'm breathing it in that's like secondhand smoke. i, I,
1: under, I understand that now
0: i can't I, do that i, I, I understand <laughs> that now.
1: Like, i actually yeah. do as like <laughs> as like uh from like 16 years old until like two years ago i was like secondhand smoke what the fuck are you talking about right. are you ain't getting high." And now I'm like, okay, yeah, I do understand. Right. That. Yeah, I, mean, it's, I, I it's remember.
2: A... I remember we left there, and I was yeah. like, "Fuck, that was gnarly." And then I kind of was like, "I kind of wish I was high." Like I was like, "I wish I got secondhand high off that." You know, it's like a free lap. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know how high you actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how high you'd actually get from that, but uh, just the idea of it. And what's most upsetting to me about it is how much I love the smell of weed. How much Dude, I, I, how know. much I, frankly, miss being able to smoke weed. Yeah, like if I could smoke weed, I would love. That's to be the able one for thing I miss sure. doing. I totally, I would love to be able to smoke weed. I just know that I can't. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. whatever. I'm
1: kind of there now too. All
0: right. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, see, so you got the, the 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 movie that was fun music's your biggest thing yeah you've uh, i saw on your instagram you you've just uh made the leap to a larger size venue yeah And has that tour begun yet
1: no it starts uh february 19th so in like exactly a month right now all right yeah february how 19th um i think it's 27 shows about 27 shows wow yeah it's like a six-week tour um, which is kind of a long one, but yeah, I mean, dude, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old, like been on stage. So over How half, you now, 35,
0: all right, proudly
1: 35 every year is a trophy for me. Um, and, uh, dude, I grew up playing in punk bands, bro, playing to literally my mom and my sister were the crowd, you know? Nice. um, give
0: me some punk band bands that you love.
1: Well, I mean, like I was, a, I was a true pop punk kid. Okay. Like that was my, that was my real Everything when I started, you know, it was like
0: 182. That's I mean, Blink
1: 182 was like the gateway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I played drums and bands like my whole life growing up, and um, I mean, like yo, like Drive Through Records. I don't know if you ever heard of Drive Through Records, but they had bands like New Found Glory, The Starting Line, um, Alistair, like these real, like the, the real, like heart of pop punk. I look at it, okay, um so like those were those were the bands that like i really got into and that was like a gateway obviously into like the where where that comes from before that um but that that was my true first love was drums in bands doing that and i played the same venues like i was in a band called four letter lie that was the first band i was signed in where i played drums and it was like uh Kind of like a post hardcore band and like screaming and singing. You know, okay. Like double kick, drrr, breakdown, shit like that. Uh-huh. Um, those venues that I played in with that band that were like 500 cap, I had played those venues pretty much for like 12 years straight. And finally now leaping up to like 1500 cap venues.
0: And that's 1500 standing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is a lot.
0: Yeah, it's
2: super a lot super a lot
1: I mean, and I'm just, like, the gratitude that I have to be 35 and hitting, like, what I look at as, like, big inclines in my career That's kind of the story that I, like, want to leave behind for any kids out there that are involved in art or just in life in general Like, life doesn't stop in your 20s
0: Did I tell you this guy's got a youthful view of the world or what? The guy thinks he's over the hill at age 35. It's insane. His message is, life isn't over after your 20s. I'm thinking, dude. I'm almost 50 over here and I'm vibrant. I'm full of life. You know why? It's because I drink water, man. It turns out water is really good for you. And this water company, Liquid Death, is really good for the world. Why? Because their infinitely recyclable. Tall boy cans are infinitely recyclable. It's time to bring an end to plastic, people. It's time to drink more water, throw away less plastic, and save the world, man, because... The world needs to be young, too. And get this. This company, Liquid Death, they make these just great merch items like the Severed Hand collab they did with Martha Stewart. Greatest candle of all time. All of their merch is super, super fun and cool. And the Wild Ride listeners get 20% off your first apparel purchase. How about that, folks? 20% off your first apparel purchase if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Stevo. Now let's get back to it.
2: You oh, know. wow, okay. Well, when did it happen for you? When it was like, <laughs> was there a plateau? And you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And then it just blew up?
1: It was kind of like a, yeah, it was like a stagnant line that was kind of just like a straight across. For where, how long? Dude, for for 10 years, you know, for real. When I, when I quit playing drums... In a band, I still play drums to this day on my music. But when I quit playing drums in a band and started doing what I'm doing now, Mod Sun, as like the solo artist, Um, that was around the age of 21. So now being 35, so you know, like that long, Um, and there was little like peaks, but it was mostly like a very slow rise. There was never any like real going down where I felt like I should quit I've never really felt like that anyway that that it was time to quit you know um, I've always like my favorite artist in the whole world is Bob Dylan so like that's who I look at as someone who's like 80 years old still yeah, releasing albums and going on tours so I kind of always looked at that as like the standard of what an artist should strive for, you know.
0: I remember when Knoxville told us he wanted to make a fourth Jackass movie. Yeah, I was like, I, I didn't get it. I just thought, man, we are just too old for this. <laughs> then the more, the, <laughs> the more I chewed on it, I, uh, I remember like responding to this whole group thread with the whole ta- uh the whole cast on it. I, I wrote back like, "Dude, if we're gonna do this, we should have the the opening sequence set to a Rolling Stones song." Oh, you yeah. know, like yeah. But what, I, I even had one that I thought would be rad too. Of course. I
1: mean, and how do you feel about that now? The whole like oh, being I mean, too I, old for for dude, something. I love it.
0: I, I like. I, I love it. Um, I, I've been terrified of it, and now like I'm just. What, uh, in what
1: way terrified? <laughs> like just just like well, what you your body like can handle.
0: Um. What I don't like is that um, I feel like being old in our society is a party foul. <laughs> yeah, it's party foul. Yeah, but nobody, nobody wants to think about their mortality. Nobody wants to consider that they're going to end up dead. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to even think about they're going to get old. And so to see an old person, it it forces people to be reminded of their mortality. And they don't like that. So people don't want to look at old people. And... At my core, I am the gnarliest attention whore of all time, and all I want is for people to look at me. So the idea of becoming old, wanting people to look at you, being an attention whore, but at the same time, because you're old, you're a party foul. It's like, that's the ultimate like terror to me. It's such a nightmare.
1: See, and like that's kind of what I was just touching on, is like that's such a true like ism of right now. And I really want to rebuild that. I want to be the part of all rebuilding right. that. I really do because I feel like, I feel like too many people think that if you haven't made it in your twenties, then you need to give up. You need to try uh, okay. something else. And <clears throat> well, I think that, that that I just I can't stand that. And that's why I'm so proud to say like, I am 35 years old. You right. know?
2: Well, that, that that that's the thing in in like all the motivational books I've read. They said that most people, like most billionaires or millionaires didn't hit their stride till they're like 40 or 50 because they stopped trying to get pussy. Yeah. And, and so they wasted all that energy up until 40 like trying to get laid and like all the energy you put uh, in trying shit. to get laid is like and then once they got married or once they settled down like KFC like or who, you know, the guy who did Chrysler, Walter P. Chrysler, like all these people started blowing up in their 50s and 60s because they just put all that energy into their passion.
1: Absolutely. I mean, That's there's epic. like, there's there's a great story that I've always looked at too about like Jay-Z released this. for album when he's 27 years old his first mm. album you know 27 like that you don't hear about that kind of stuff anymore but i've always just looked at that as such like an inspiration that life doesn't end there you know yeah yeah
0: i'm with it i think too you got to be a little bit careful about your definition of making it yeah because like commercial success like um you know like even a profile on a on a public media level like it's a dangerous uh, metric you know compared to just being stoked on what you do you know like if, if you're out there if you want to become famous and you're just like I just want to become famous or if you if you want to become rich I just want to become rich yeah then you're off to a, uh, a problematic start because all you're worried about is the the end and like so, so you don't have a legitimate reason to to become famous or rich. Yeah. But if you're just like, it was so easy for me. Like I'm just, I'm an attention whore. I will do anything to get people's <laughs> attention. Like I started out from a place of wanting to like really deserve like the uh, a, a significant reaction from people who see what I do. Yeah. And so like by putting oh, that it. by you putting that it. first, then you can get somewhere but like you just have to start out with something that you're genuinely passionate about. I've always said that it doesn't matter what you want it only matters how fucking bad you want it. Yeah. you know it just matters how bad you want it that you will move heavens and earth to, to make it happen and if that's the case, then if somebody's that passionate about something that they want to pursue it is not going to occur to that person if they're in their 20s or their 30s or because they're just so ultimately laser-focused on that passion for what they want to do.
1: Yeah. Like getting so, laid. Yeah, <laughs> right. When you, so you, you've you you've definitely maneuvered through a lot of life yeah. following your passion. Yeah. Has there been times where you've just, like, lost the passion
2: yeah, how old for were you? it? Like, how old were you when Jeff Tremaine called you and said, like, dude, come to L.A.?
0: Jeff Tremaine did not tell me to come to LA. (laughs) I was living in Florida, and uh, that's when I I filmed the first uh, first season and and a bunch of the seconds. Really, the first two seasons of Jackass. I was in Florida, and uh, when I I got paid for season two, it was seasons two and three combined. That I I earned thirty thousand bucks, and they were giving me half of that. At the beginning, and I would get half of that when it was done. So after taxes, half of thirty thousand dollars was ten thousand. I had a check coming for ten thousand bucks. Yeah. I called up Tremaine and I was like, "Yo, dude, I've never even heard of ten thousand bucks, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna get this check in the mail. I'm gonna put it in the bank, and before that check even clears into my bank account, I will already be in my car driving from Florida to California. I'm oh, com- coming out you. there."
2: I was 26. 26.
0: And Tremaine said, you're not driving anywhere until you give me a list of ideas for every state between Florida and California. And if your ideas are there for something to shoot in every state, then I'll send out a crew to to follow you. So I, I drove my car and uh, Trip Taylor mm-hmm. and... Um, Demetri Dimitri, Dimitri rode with me in my car Trip Taylor and like uh you know like a crew they filmed, so a crew followed behind me in a van and I filmed in every state
2: But so That's so That's so awesome. So that was 26 that. years old and then when you really wanted to make it you're probably like the decision was when you're in Albuquerque to like I go mean, big I mean right? I like
0: I dropped out of college saying I'm going to become a crazy famous stuntman in 1993
2: So like 19
0: um, yeah, and But, but this, that's why I say you got to be careful about your definition of making it because in my view, like uh, in, you know, say 1994, 1995, I was filming shit with my video camera that I was so stoked on. I was like, dude, people see this, they're like, they're fucking blown away and like, and, and I'm going to be dead, but this video will still be playing. Oh, yeah. So I was like, dude, already, boom, I live forever. I'm immortal. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: immortal. So, you I was were like, stoked always in the now because you're constantly filming yeah, shit. The goal I, wasn't to be on TV. I was like,
0: I'm going to get even more shit that's going to be able to play after I'm dead so I can cheat death and live forever. Yeah. You know, so I didn't even have to, like, have any kind of uh, actual success to feel like I'd made it. I was just amped on what I was doing.
1: So, is there a definition, do you think, of making it? Does that, does that, because that's, that's kind of what I've thought. Of the definition of it. It's it's, uh, it's feeling like you're leaving a lot of stuff behind.
0: Right.
2: I mean... Well, I guess success is like what? Financially, emotionally, spiritually? I guess choose one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, you can't define making it. You definitely cannot. We were talking to Dan Bilzerian on Mm -hmm. the podcast, Mm -hmm. and and he was uh, describing where he was making so much sense describing, like, a person's baseline. Whatever your situation is, you get used to it and it doesn't do the trick for you anymore. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. sitting there... It's like the
3: same thing of gaining a tolerance with drugs. You right.
0: Know? Yeah.
2: Totally. Yeah. 100%. But that doesn't make sense because, like, you know, when we got there, he's like, yeah, I just fucked this Avian chick. It's like, dude, you think that guy would just want to be fucking 47 chicks a night, like, to get that thrill? Like, how are you just stoked on fucking one chick if you're Dan <laughs> Bilzerian? <laughs>
0: The craziest part was when he says, like, dude, like, if I post a chick on my Instagram, I'm fucking her. <laughs> he's
2: like, and then
0: he says, I mean, you don't post a picture standing next to another man's car. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <that's
1: true. laughs> oh my God. Have you ever been to one of his parties back
2: in the day? I've not. Have you? Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah. Are they pretty insane? Yeah. They kinda... were insane. They insane. They were insane.
1: I mean, it was like right when I had moved out to California that I would be going to those parties and it was just like, like giant houses and
2: crazy He he took us into his his shower. It looked like a Turkish bathhouse. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. His his
0: whole, I loved that guy, man. Like we we had a blast with that guy.
2: He had a rock wall above his pool. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, so cool.
0: Everything about that dude is pretty epic.
2: (laughs) How did you link up with like Dan when you first moved up? Because most people come to LA to like, Make it, and they're struggling. Mm. Like you're at Dan Brazilian, Dan's house. I think. Oh my God, you'll know Did who this. Did she get is. there on the Kels card? You know card? who? You no, know, you know who?
1: You know who was the the first person to take me around Hollywood when I moved out here? Yeah. Jeremy Rogers.
0: Jeremy Rogers, the
2: skater.
1: skater. Okay. Yeah. You remember Fuck Jeremy on. Rogers? I, he was the young. He was super young, oh, and he was on uh, like DBS he was on Plan B. B.
3: Jeremy, Jeremy Rogers was on Plan B. Was he on Plan B yeah,
1: at one yeah, point? Yeah. And yeah. wow, yeah. knows oh more God. about skateboarding than me. we got to talk about <laughs> Danny Way at some point. Yeah. I have sure. Danny Way stories, dude. Cool. man. <laughs> yeah. 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 First yeah. off, I
0: like. You know, I, uh, I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what the hell is a thruple. Because it's on oh, your man.
2: Wikipedia. Oh, Is man. it okay to
0: ask you that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about <laughs> I want to
2: get into a thruple? A thruple. So asking that you for a was friend. that was uh <laughs> that, that was like that <laughs> yeah.
1: See, see, I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna navigate through this one because I'm happily engaged, so I like to to keep right. it right there. For sure. Um but yeah, there was just a crazy time in my life where um I was dating one girl who was um, basically dating another girl at the same time,
0: oh, okay. and
1: so it existed in that kind of world. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: I think that was well navigated. Well-
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can cut it out if you don't want to talk about it.
0: <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll leave it this. Instead of asking you, what is the throuple? I will simply congratulate you on a throuple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, speaking of Danny Way, how do you get into a throuple? <laughs> <laughs> so Danny Way, so anyways, right. Super Ram. So how, you, how do you
1: know Danny Way? Um, so again, that was that would be through the first meeting of Danny Way would be through Swayze. I went on tour with Swayze before. Do you know Cisco Adler? Nope. Or Swayze? Okay. You remember the group Shwazy? Nope. Baby, would you be my corona line? You remember yeah. that song back in the day? No. I, I don't maybe. know. It's like 2006, 2006 you might have heard it. maybe. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Yeah, that, um, was, that was a rough year for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the year of. Uh, Do
1: you remember 2006?
0: Yeah, there's no music in the K hole. had the most iconic photo of me. It was like me laying on the ground in a pile of Whippet containers. Oh, I'm like, ah, Yes, the most iconic photo. Yeah. Ever. That was two thousand six. Oh my god, that photo is so <laughs> oh so insane, bro. Yeah, there's a bunch of photos from that. That extent. might be the craziest
1: <laughs> face that a human has ever <laughs> made. For that sure. photo, honestly. Um so I met Danny Way through them and then I I was living in Minnesota at the time, but I came out to California. Um, something fell through and I got to Hollywood and I had like linked up with Danny Way and I called him randomly. I was like, Yo, I got nowhere to go. He's like, Yo, come down to my house. So I came down to his house in I think he was living in San Diego at the Encinitas, time. Encinitas,
0: yeah. He was it mm-hmm.
1: okay? And he with the
0: pigs and the yeah, and the, the ramp in the front.
1: With the pig that fucking hated me. Yeah, I hates think he everybody. Hates everybody. Bro, the pig <laughs> yeah. hated me. I think he had two pigs for uh-huh. some reason. I was oh, so of scared of that pig. Um but dude, me and Danny Way made like two albums together. He wow. produces music. Yeah. And we like spent, I spent like probably three weeks at his house, but we made like some crazy, crazy music. And he was always like one of my idols growing up. You know, I had Fuck posters of yeah. him on my wall and shit like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just ended up like living at his house for a little bit. We still talk all the time and shit. Cool, but, man. Yeah, he's he is definitely uh, one of the first like really sp- spiritual people that I didn't expect to be super spiritual. Cool, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's uh he's he's always been my hero. Yeah, for sure. And I know. Like we're the same age. I was riding a Danny Way skateboard when we were both fourteen.
1: Oh my god, I love it, yeah. dude. I love it. Yeah, um, he's a really special guy. Mm-hmm. Oh
0: wait, sorry, I was fifteen. We were fifteen. Okay. Yeah, I want to be careful about that. I was riding a Nautis <laughs> when I was fourteen. Um, all right. Well, yeah, dude, Danny's epic. Yeah, he, he signed up on me uh, being on XYZ clothing, which was my first sponsor. So sick, dude. My first legit. What, it was
2: his, like, Tommy ran to buy him?
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't do anything. XYZ was Tommy and Danny. hmm. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's killer. Yeah, I had um, some XYZ shit.
0: So, uh,. You've got our tickets on sale for this new tour?
1: Yeah, tickets are on sale. They're, They're on sale. Modson.com. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and, and how's the how are the ticket sales going? Good.
1: good, good touring's a whole different world right now, like, uh, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, so so basically after COVID, everyone. Went out onto the road and you it's still get a like tour bus. yeah oh yeah 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 right. so you know all about that
0: yeah you couldn't get a tour bus yeah
1: and like prices for everything have gone up and everyone is still like in kind of the honeymoon period of still being on tour so there's like a million people on tour at the same time right um but yeah it's going really well I'm about to drop a new album in like uh, on February third so this that's is God
0: save the that, team yeah God save the team yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: God
0: save the team. How I do you like
2: travel it. around? Do you, do you do you travel on a tour bus? Yeah. Uh-huh. How many people you you roll with?
1: Oh, like Probably like 10 to 12. And you, know? you guys are all
2: on the same bus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fill up all the bunks. Yeah. hmm I have a do full you, band with
1: me and then like crew and shit like that. Do
0: you keep the, the big room in the back? Yes. Yeah, you got to. Definitely, bro. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Bert Kreischer said that he insists on sleeping in one of the bunks because he doesn't want to... It's wanna...
1: actually good sleep in the bunks.
2: <clears throat> yeah. It actually yeah. is, but I get cla- I feel like I'm sleeping in a coffin Oh, I know, so but like, it's like, <gasps> but it's like
1: actually a good sleep though. It's so just like yeah. dark and confined. Yeah. Vinny sleeps yeah.
0: In, in one of the bunks yeah. here.
2: You sleep here. Nobody's, when nobody's here, he sneaks in here. Yeah. And <laughs> in yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Are, are you familiar with Vincent Karate, yes. yes. also known as Skinny Vinny? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, well, I've, I I told him I think we've been in the same room before. I guess we never really like super met. But yeah. We have mutual friends. I know a good friend of his named Chad Tupper.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Good. Yeah. 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 All right.
2: Yeah, we like Chad Tepper.
0: Yeah. yeah. Tepper's yeah, the dude, homie. How can I mean, not like Chad Tepper? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad yeah. Tepper loves you, dude. Yeah, dude, yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So, and, and you said you're engaged to be married.
1: Yeah, engaged. And, and can you're you talk en- about with who? And you're engaged yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
0: to Avril Levine. Yeah. Boom. Just went right there. So, you're engaged to Avril Levine. You know, his relationship sounds like a really good one. And any good relationship has a good bed, babe. So, what's going on with your bed? Is it disgusting? Is it time to get a new mattress? Are you getting the good sleep that you deserve? Well, the good news for you is that you can sleep every bit as well as I'm sleeping lately if you go to helixsleep.com slash Why is it such a guaranteed thing that you're going to get a great night's sleep with helixsleep.com. Well, because you take a little 2-minute quiz and man, you might not even know what the perfect mattress is for you, but he, the people at Helix do. And get this. Up to $350 off your order for the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast if you go to helixsleep.com/stevo. It's time to get a new mattress, man. Plus, it just comes in the mail. I mean, dude, no lugging anything around. You just plop that thing on your bed and boom, you're ready to go. It's sleep time, baby. Helix sleep. Helix sleep.com slash Stevo. And again, up to $350 off your order. And you still get two free pillows. Plus up to $350 off your order. It's insane. Get over to helixsleep.com slash Stevo on the double. And let's get back to it. Yes. It's crazy. Another
1: man. person that I have posters on my wall. Yeah. No, you and all. me both.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I, I saw you poster on Instagram. I think you were ice skating. Yeah. And uh like all of a sudden I'm like, He's ice skating, holding hands with Avril Lavigne. And I was like, that was kind of a double take, Like, huh? And then, and then, uh, and, and then it kind of was like, wow, okay, congratulations, Maude. Yeah, we met <laughs>
1: through we met through making music together. So I, uh. I worked on her last album with her and a guy named John Feldman, the singer Goldfinger. Sure, love yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, dude, feldy has got to come on here.
0: Feldy is, is is an epic cat. Yeah, that dude. guy is... Yeah. A, <laughs> I, I know him uh, for many reasons.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, a, yeah.
0: He, yeah, he's a, a pillar of our community. A
1: hundred percent, bro. Yes, he's helped me so much. Um, So I met her through making music with her, with her which is like the purest form, I would think, to meet someone that you're going to be in a relationship with. Because when you're making music, there's like so much you tell you kind of tell your whole story to someone while making the music so you kind of go into the relationship like really not hiding anything from each other
2: okay especially a thruple <laughs> 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 you, didn't, you didn't talk
1: about the thruple on the side there was no you? lyrics about that no no no, no 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 we pushed that to the side cleared that slate
2: yeah i feel like music if you're gonna do music with with somebody or like a movie with somebody where two people like star they're gonna probably yeah. hook up because it's such a weird fucking dynamic that yeah. they're in Yeah.
0: so uh, did you join Avril and Kels on that like insane arena tour that they just had that
1: tour yeah I went out well I, so we try to not be apart for too long because we both yeah. go on tour and stuff um, so yeah I, was, I went out and visited her for like two weeks three weeks on that
0: how nuts was that tour
1: it was crazy bro did you go see a show I did not oh it was fucking crazy I bet you would have loved it because I know you love like stadium show. I know you love Molly
0: I mean, Crew so much. Yeah, I it. mean I uh, am just obsessed with the idea of being such a draw that you can sell out an arena.
3: Yeah, I it's know. pretty insane. Like, I'm
0: I literally know. obsessed with yeah. that, and and um, like to, to an unhealthy degree. I just it's uh, I I describe what I'm doing with my touring yeah. as marching towards arenas. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, everything is just, like, how do I build on what I'm doing and grow and grow until I'm in an <clears throat> arena? <laughs> oh, you're totally going to do it, bro. <laughs> you're totally going to do it. Like I, I, I like to think so. Yeah. And I, I've got a little bit of a game plan to get there. But um, but as far as going to shows and arenas, um, but again, with the weed, like, I, I'm not, like, a big concert guy. Yeah. Like, I've been to, like, two... I don't I don't know. Like I like I we went to that uh in Buffalo. We in Buffalo we went to see One Direction. We didn't go and when the- <laughs> yeah. you know was we, just met up, we met up
2: with Josh Devine you know, uh, beforehand. Yeah. And I mean it's crazy like stadium shit. Like that the rivers
0: uh, were flowing with underage beef. <laughs> the streets turned into rivers. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. that's what it was like trying to get to that stadium
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 and, and like it, to get to the status <laughs> where like people are so like cause they said that like people just pass out left and right during their show if they see them and it's like to get to that level it's like the Beatles s- level yeah. Beatles yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I'm sure like I think they're,
0: they got even gnarlier than the Beatles with One Direction I think so but you know whatever. it's crazy
1: that and just the production like I love seeing someone create an environment yeah. on
2: the stage I think that's so cool yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, who, what what other bands have done stadiums? Because there's probably only like a handful. Oh. I mean, less than fifty in the world that can sell out a stadium. Would you say the the
1: stadium and the arena are different, right? Right, Stadiums yeah. right? more. So like, stadium, the stadium is,
2: is
0: stadiums. where a football team plays, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and arenas where a basketball team plays. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. But I mean, is like, that, is that safe to say that there's probably been like. Under thirty bands that could sell out a stadium, mm. or way I'd more than more that. Than than that. More more than would I would think that. it's more than that. Probably like a hundred, though. But like not a lot. No, in the grand scheme of no. music,
1: no, and especially right now, some of the biggest artists aren't. Some of the biggest artists that that are listened to don't have that same crossover to people coming to see them. Mm. You know, it's kind of like a the the I mean, music right industry. Chili Peppers is,
2: would.
0: Mm, they might be Arena. That. They might be Arena. I don't think the Chili Peppers are going to be doing a studio. I think
1: overseas is a little different. I think overseas there might be more of like a stadium kind of thing that happens. What would you consider the Forum a stadium? Or no, an arena. An arena.
0: The Forum is for right? sure an arena. Yeah. yeah. That's where the...
3: But what about uh,
1: SoFi? SoFi is a stadium. That's a stadium. For sure. yeah, so like Drake, saw, Drake does the yeah, stadium. I just
3: went and saw uh, My Chemical Romance and they sold out the Forum, the forum. every night for
1: yeah. five
2: nights in a row. Five nights at the Forum. Yeah. Yeah. which So that can probably <clears throat> would equal to a stadium, yeah, which is sure. insane. Yeah. I and mean, then what about like uh, a comedy? I mean, who's selling like... Who's I mean, stadium's uh, Fluffy? He did Fluffy did but is that I mean uh, Sebastian is he but selling it? but Bill out? Bird
0: did Fenway Park I saw that that's a stadium did
2: he sell it out I'm sure wow that's, that's so a lot. crazy I mean that's that. fucking crazy dude to be yeah. that much of a draw right to sell Especially out to 30,000 plus coming, people bro.
0: yeah, it's, yeah. Cra- it's crazy
2: dude who, who are some of your favorite uh, bands at the, time, at the moment
1: at the moment I love this band called the 1975 yeah. I think they're like one of the true like real bands out right now um that band turnstile Turnstyle's Turnstyle? sick I, I don't feel know. like you might yeah. like them
0: dude, yeah I need to get into some new Turnstyle music is really good yeah. can I ask yeah. you this uh, are you familiar with Bam's uh, eavesdroppers album
1: dude I've heard you talk about it so many times it's so, it's good. Good. It's so <laughs> good. I have it's so good. to yeah. listen yeah. to it yeah. I've heard you talk about yeah, it so we've, many we've, times bro we've, we've gotta is it just, uh, just online it or what no, we got. No, help I don't think you can that. get it online. That's
0: what that. So that's what the problem was. <laughs> yeah, I think dude. I lo- tried
1: to look and find it at
0: one point. I know, dude. It's yeah. like we were in Europe and we just uh, we were living on a tour bus, just me and Scott. It was yeah. this double decker tour bus. It was the, Justin
2: Bieber's tour bus. The last person
0: I was just Bieber, Justin Bieber,
1: dude. I still haven't been on a double decker
2: one. He sells out stadiums, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> sure, for
2: yeah. sure. I mean, he, yeah. he had like 16 buses for his himself. That's like, what's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's, it's outrageous.
0: Um, but I like to do that. Tell me what you think about this theory. Uh, somebody asks me, "What kind of music do I like?" And I think that's a stupid question because with music, it's almost less about whether you like the music than whether you are familiar with the music because there's no way around it if you hear a certain song enough times then you become invested in that music that music you have associations with that music you take the, the, the place you are in in your life at the time the feelings that you're having and they become bonded with that music that's why if you hear a song <coughs> for the first time in many years it will literally take you back it will it, it will, it will oh, bring back those feelings yeah. so
2: we have associations Jonestown Massacre with, with music whoa right? so, whoa as, <laughs> the, the band so that, good dude have you seen dig
1: no the movie. The <laughs> yeah wait Where, about, about 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 brian jonestown and uh and i've heard about the it. dandy warhols i heard no tell me oh dude it's like the <laughs> craziest music documentary i've ever seen it's oh, like the dandy fun. warhols and and jonestown massacre were like best friends at the start and then the dandy warhols went and signed to like a giant major label got like david LaChapelle to do a video for um And Jonestown massacre stayed like super underground, and they ended up hating each other. (laughs) But it's all filmed; it's all documented from when they were best friends. Like documented over seven years, and they like get into giant fights where dude was like going outside their concerts, being like the Danny Warhol suck, and all.
0: It's crazy. I love a good documentary.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's the it's one of the best music documentaries I've ever seen. Dude, mixed with I I have to throw this in. Have you seen Searching for Sugar Man?
2: Ooh, yes. That's the one about Rodriguez. The I, artist Rodriguez. No, 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 no. Sure, we, I don't think I, I saw a that. documentary. What, what's it about? Okay, I yeah, can't, I, I, you you have
1: to watch <laughs> it, so I can't like because it's okay, the most. Won't ruin it. It's the most crazy flip in history of music. It, but it's about an artist yes, that I've seen it that was regarded as like going to be one of the biggest artists in the world, and then got something happened. Yeah. Okay,
0: now I will walk back what I'm saying, what I said about it's not about if you like the music, because of course you have to like. Steve-O, the
1: music. I love you so much, bro. <laughs> Your fucking mind is so you awesome.
0: Got, <laughs> you <laughs> you <laughs> got <laughs> like, like, no, Hold on, you got you gotta like the music too, but. Because of this dynamic where music, like, uh, fuse, it's, it's a fusion of your life experience and this art that you're consuming. You know, yeah. like, you are you're, you're literally, it's like music is, is a, like a floppy disk upon which you store your life experience. And, <clears throat> like, with that in mind, one of my favorite things that I aspire to do is to take an album, and just listen to nothing but that album yeah. religiously, yeah. on repeat, on repeat for for even weeks on end. And I like to do that if I go on a on an international trip, so that that trip will always be bonded to that music. So great. And it was in Europe. I did this with uh, with Bam's Eavesdroppers album.
1: Mm. So
0: it just takes me back to that trip. Yeah, I've done that with albums before too. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I I want when when you uh, recommended. Turnstile. Turnstile. 1975. Turns all right, Vinny. Vinny, but like uh, Vinny's a tastemaker over here. <laughs> He's also a real coxman.
2: <laughs> you wouldn't
0: think of it. How much do you weigh, Vinny?
3: Uh, shit. I gained twenty pounds on the road, uh, so I'm up at two ninety. Two ninety. Yeah. How, and, much, were and, you, how much
0: did you lose? And I but I lost one
3: hundred and thirty. Wow. I didn't, I didn't yeah. ask you that to make yeah. you feel bad. No, wow. no, no. For okay. sure. Yeah I, didn't, yeah. I
0: just like uh it's 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 crazy that he. How did
1: you lose one hundred thirty
3: pounds? Um, I just, I did keto really gnarly for like a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw myself on camera for the first time and I almost puked. So I was just like, I need to do something about this. That's crazy. I look so bad. I've
1: been eating nothing but beef for the last like month and a half. Wow.
2: Yeah. There's this (laughs) thing called the Lion Diet. Yeah. 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 That's like super crazy. And you notice a difference?
1: Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent. Really?
2: A lot. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, um, you lived next door to the Sublime Drummer. Yes, Did you, in Long Beach. You, do you keep in touch with him? Does he know who you are? Does he? God, no, I haven't talked to him in a really long time. And it
1: was like the original drummer of Sublime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not like the one that, that would be known by everyone around the world. It was like the original the drummer. garage band. drummer. Yes, yes. And that was... So when I was in... Like eleventh or twelfth grade, I think it was twelfth grade. I got in a lot of trouble in high school. Like my mom just couldn't take it. Like I was raised by my mom and my sister. My dad lived in Long Beach, and my mom couldn't take it, so she sent me out to live in Long Beach. Was which was like even worse. The worst idea she's ever had. Like my
2: dad <laughs> you was getting in trouble in Minnesota. Moved to Long Beach yes, in the nineties, and right by Cherry
1: Park, bro. Yeah. Right by Cherry Park. So I was skating all the time. Like the Long Beach there, all that. Um, but my dad's next door neighbor was the, the first person who opened up a dispensary in Long Beach. So basically I just started like trimming weed for him when I moved out there. And that became like my job.
2: And do you think that influenced you to be a drummer? Or were you drumming before that? No, I was drumming before that. Yeah. And that's how you guys But that But
1: that, that made me become a giant pothead. <laughs> Definitely for at that sure. time.
2: Yeah.
3: Were you smoking before you started cutting for him?
1: Yeah, 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 a little bit. But then it was like weed in Minnesota compared to weed in Long Beach, California. Then it was like a giant leap, yeah. What what kind of drugs were you doing in Minnesota? Like in high school, it was really just like, I mean a little bit, got a little bit into cocaine in high school, but it was really just like weed and mushrooms here and there. No, never really did pills. But this was also like 2004 in Minnesota, weed was uh, it, w- it was like outlawed you know yeah. it really was like it's changed so much now yeah. right but it was like really looked at as like taboo at that time um, so I was just like skipping school getting in a lot of trouble my mom sure. just could not like raise me anymore yeah so she sent me to Long Beach and that was a turning point
0: <clears throat> wow um, I'm dying to know like that you do live in just like a crazy house
1: it's a beautiful house it's not like a it's more of like a it's more of like a beach house okay. right it's like super deep um and like pretty much on the water and it's definitely beautiful but like my girls also like really like really clean the opposite of me right. so it's like <laughs> immaculately like set up and, and my perfect, girls are really like clean that. too what's yeah, your favorite like, room in the house uh I mean, our bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, bedroom. We have, like, a little backhouse studio that's that's rad, too, that I'm in a lot, but... Do you surf? Dude, I just... Because now, now living out in Malibu, I'm, like, forcing myself to... I've never been a beach guy. Right. Like, I've lived out in California now for, like, eight years, and there's never been a moment where I was like, I'm going to go chill at the beach today, you know? Right. Like, being from Minnesota, I'm such, like, into the countryside and mm-hmm. into the forest and shit like that. Um... But I started, I tried to start surfing like a year ago and like I was, like I got up. Like yeah. I could ride
0: it, I just couldn't carve in yet. It's you tough, know? dude. Do it's you true. surf? <laughs> I, I do and, and I'm bad it's, at it. You surf well. But you get up. I can get up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Depending, depending on the. But can
1: uh, you ca- can you go sideways and carve and yeah, shit? Yeah, I,
0: I can. I can fire down the line in the <coughs> pocket. <a> play.
1: That boy. <laughs> <a play>. That's <laughs> where I, that's where I'm gonna get to. But I really want like I
0: like yeah, really yeah, want to get into surfing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, Fire down the line. Surf the river. Come I am.
0: We're going up to Bend, Oregon. Yeah, to, uh, that's gonna be to so go much river fun. Surfing.
1: You can surf in the river. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a crazy spot.
2: It's gonna be so. I'm cold. dying to
0: know what, how it works. If like you got to pay for a session or something, you'd think. That yeah, you'd
2: you probably have to pay for a pass in the park and. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Um, do you have a life-changing or favorite book that you read? That- yeah.
0: I'll tell you this: in my favorite book, it questions why we put into our bodies absurd substances posing as food. Think about that. I mean. T- I put ridiculous things in my body like uh, Rice Krispie Treats, okay, cookies, cake, not not good for you, bad nutrition. But thankfully, there's AG1 from Athletic Greens. It's this powder supplement, okay. One scoop goes into a pint of water to start my day, which makes me hydrated and it fills the gaps in my diet. Why? Because it's loaded with 75 different Vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. And it's delicious. It's all the nutrition that you need. One stop, convenient, comprehensive nutrition. And again, it's totally delicious. And if you go to athleticgreens.com slash then you can get five comprehensive daily nutrition travel packs plus an entire year's supply of immune-boosting vitamin D. It's the best deal going. It's the best thing for you. That's life-changing. So go to athleticgreens.com slash stevo to get this killer deal. And not only is it good for nutrition, it's good for gut health, cognitive health. It's good for everything. Babe, get on over to athleticgreens dot com stevo. Let's get back to it.
1: One hundred percent on part? the road, Jack Kerouac.
2: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I read that. I really liked it.
1: Yeah. It. Cha- I mean, it changed everything. Like I said, like Bob Dylan being my favorite artist, he his life was like changed by that book. So I like to like yeah. wh- whoever whoever my heroes are, I like to look into like the the rabbit hole of what inspired them. Mm-hmm. So like that, and then I mean, my favorite writer is probably
2: Charles Bukowski, as yeah. far as like. The post office and Ham on Rye, and I read all of his stuff. Yeah, I was like a. I I, I like Charles Bukowski because I was like a big drunk, yeah. I mean, to me, and and like I like romanticized about being like a fall down drunk, yep, yep, and like that whole, and, and plus when like ham on rye in the post office it was all in la and he would bring up things in pasadena and like and i would be like yeah i was just there drinking like crazy and oh dude the post office i mean it's so good with Burroughs and then i started reading all those books right yeah william Burroughs, yep yep. but ham on rye changed my life uh because i went from hating books to loving books Mm-hmm and i was like man like this is fantastic and but, then i just started reading everything i could yeah
1: that's what on the road did for me yeah, that's, that's what cool. on the road and then and then i i uh like really on the road got me into writing books i've six books out right now
2: you and do? yeah wow. yeah where yeah. can they work where can we get them
1: if you go to modsun.com m-o-d-s-u-n.com and um like self-published all of them I have a publishing company that I've done some books for other people too like riffraff we did a wow. poetry book for him which
0: is pretty legendary yeah riffraff yeah riffraff I follow Riff Rap on Instagram and I'm not sure I think he might follow me too oh I'm sure he does dude I'm sure
2: Riff Raff loves you. Another person you should have on here. Yeah. That would uh-huh. be a great conversation. That would be a killer one. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. What about you, Vinny? you have a book that changed your life? Dude, I don't read.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy crushing bees.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, hey, man. Like, don't like, hey. have time to read. <laughs>
3: Dude, there's, there's, not a minute, there's not enough hours in the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's crazy. I'm, I'm just like, you know... <laughs> what about you it you just about baffles about it? you huh, I'm always conversations with God but yeah.
2: before that though it would probably be Ishmael
0: Ishmael was
2: a big one what about growing up as a kid um, call of the wild Um,
0: I liked my side of the mountain yeah I had this like uh, crazy fantasy of running away from home and living <laughs> off the land <laughs> so my side of the mountain was a big one I remember in grade school they read books To where the
2: red fern grows, yeah,
0: where the red they read where the red fern grows to us. Fifth grade sounds about right.
2: What is
1: conversations with God? I've heard you talk about that, dude.
0: It's epic.
1: Neil Donald Walsh,
0: yeah, Neil Donald Walsh, who we have reached out to to have on this podcast,
2: yeah, he's in Ashland,
0: yeah. Um, it's a guy who um published this book that was on the New York Times bestseller list for a record almost three years. So, like, there's something to it. But what it is, he had a, like, a a debilitating accident. He he lost his job. He couldn't, like, provide for his family. He was just in a place of, like, severe... Frustration and strife and he and he had a habit of writing letters to people that he would never necessarily send but This was how he processed things he was going through Yeah And he was in such a state one day and he just thought Ah, you know what like screw it I'm gonna write a letter to God and, and he just like to vent his frustrations And he just wrote God like and then you know why is my life so difficult like why is you know like all this stuff and the story is that as he wrote this, he intuitively got a response, which was, "Do you really want questions to these, or do you, do you really want answers to these questions, or are you just venting?" And so he Jeez. wrote down these these answers that he was intuitively getting, and that became this this dialogue. So it's it's a dialogue between him and God, and he writes. Writes it all down, and it's like a, a kind of a tough pill to swallow. And a lot of people would call it blasphemy yeah. to suggest that this guy is, you know, writing the words of God. But as difficult as that is, keep in mind this book was on the New York Times bestseller list for almost three years. Yeah, I think it was like a hundred and forty weeks or something. Wow, like, it's a record, I believe, and. It absolutely changed my life. It fundamentally changed the way I view the universe. And mm-hmm. I say it all the time, and I love it. And it was a trilogy, book one, two, and three.
1: Oh, i totally can check it out.
0: So book one is about, like, a, the, for the individual. Like, book two is uh, for, T- like, humanity, maybe, or whatever. And then book three is, like, the whole.
2: Well, we saw him, and uh, he was writing book number four.
0: He did. He, he was promoting book number four. Yeah, I mean the guys put like twenty books out now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They put twenty books There's out. Like... But
2: the, the cool thing is uh, like an audio version. Yeah, because on the on the uh, on book one on the audio, or I guess on both of them, God's voice switches from a man to a woman like just randomly throughout. Oh, that's uh, cool. It's super cool. Wow. Oh,
1: that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out.
0: It's 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 epic. It's super epic. Yeah, dude. What, what else do we want to talk about? Man, you guys have been killer. Vinny's doing a great job on the. Vinny, podcast. you have
3: anything the. All right, so Tepper, <laughs> Te- all right, Tepper was telling me a story about uh, when Z- the first time Zach asked met you, yeah, and uh, y- you guys were pranking Zach because. What did we do? Uh, you're like, Zach, don't look Modson in the eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, Zach like accidentally looked you in the eyes and you just started freaking out.
1: Oh, yeah. I committed to the bit. Yeah. Completely. yeah, 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 yeah. And, which was really hard for me to do. <laughs> I really don't do shit like that with people. And I was just like, I freaked out on him. Yeah. I remember that. That was the first time I met him. Yeah. Zach ass is awesome, bro. Where, where yeah, was Zach's that? Zach's shit. I think it was at my house. Yeah. I think it was at my house. Chad Tepper was living <laughs> with me for a little
2: bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's funny as yeah, fuck, Yeah, I talked to Tepper bro. today. He's like, bring up that story.
2: <laughs> yeah. Nice. You, you guys put that on Instagram or something, right? I don't know if they did. Yeah, no. I don't think so.
1: Zach has been killing it, man. Yeah. It's so fun to see. Yeah. It's great what you guys did with everyone, bringing all the new kids in and shit.
0: Well, thanks, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should all
2: meet up in Malibu and surf. Bro, please.
1: <laughs> please come hang out with me in Malibu. Yeah, yeah. I need friends out there. <laughs> I definitely do. Yeah,
3: it's yeah.
0: A- <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to uh, get my exercise game on.
2: I got to get my exercise was, game on uh, too. I was just up. I'm back on I, it. I was
0: just up in the hills above. Wait, I thought it was a, a leaf blower. It's, it's a legit chainsaw, dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bro,
0: yeah. I the
2: noise level. you gonna turn it on?
0: Oh, sorry, Wendy. I didn't mean to do that. Took <laughs> that thing
2: away from me. Dude. He, like accidentally hit my
1: ankle, dude. It would not be right if I came on here and you yeah. didn't turn a chainsaw on and yeah, have and a machete.
2: Yeah, dude.
0: Like. Uh, what?
1: What were you doing?
0: I was clearing. Juggling the, them. The hiking trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <The>, uh, <laughs> sorry, Wendy. Good girl. Um. The 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 trail had the the cacti. are the, the, the same cacti that Zackass rode the skateboard down and he went into the that's back there? yeah it's the the cacti like was grown all into the path so it's like hard to hike all the way up to the Hollywood sign yeah without um, getting thorns in you yeah so I was clearing away the and dude every time I go up there it reminds me that the gnarliest stunt ever was (laughs) ass going into those cacti
3: bro you consider that the gnarliest one ever? I mean,
0: dude. That's a heavy statement. you said it was you stuck. It? I mean, That's you said it, it stuck for a while. Okay.
3: I, yeah, in, in that same
2: position, yeah, I would have done so it. So you ought to recreate?
0: Fire angels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fire, maybe fire angels ended up being gnarlier.
2: It ended up being gnarlier, but, like, the anticipation would yeah. be probably the cactus, because you I know mean, it's going to yeah. suck.
0: It's a tall statement to say it's the gnarliest ever. but, dude, that... It was, going, like, dude, it's heavy. Going into those cactus, yeah. dude. Dude.
1: Yeah, yeah you I mean, said it was stuck and you were trying to and get,
0: then he like, was like trying to, to get wax out wax it out or something wasn't <laughs> yeah. like that
2: well he was, he was trying to get out of it and like he was like putting his hand down on other cactuses to get <laughs> out and he could <laughs> it
0: so he's like ah like
2: every movement he would yeah. make to, instinctively to get out of the situation he would just keep fucking dude uh, it
0: was gnarly dude but yeah I'll, I'll take you up there man it's epic
2: oh yeah I gotta it, see it, it it's too.
0: super what size shoe are you
1: like nine
0: a nine, nine and a
1: half, ten. Nine and a half? Okay, sick, yeah.
0: dude. That like, uh, that's that same as me. Yeah. I, you wouldn't you wouldn't do too well trying to get up there in those combat boots.
1: Oh, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. We'll be <laughs> yeah. good.
0: sick. And then like you know, we get up there, you can take a, an epic photo with the Hollywood sign. It's right there. I mean, yeah, it's like kind of in the background, but but yeah, it's just, it's sick.
1: So you do you like living over here? In this Love
0: area? it. Yeah. Love it. Plus this hike is like the best thing about the whole
2: deal. Yeah. There's a little know. secret at the top. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: speaking of shoes. Yeah.
0: Ah. Uh-
2: well, do you want to do that or nah, you want to? No, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna include that in the same. Um, All right.
2: Well, speaking of shoes on my part, I'm gonna give away another pair of shoes.
0: Okay. If, uh, we might as well announce that nobody did anything impressive to earn your Nike Air Jordan. I know, dude.
2: So many kooks <laughs> just oh, DMing. I remember you me. saying See, that. Nobody, <laughs> it, it, I, I said it in a creative way, and people were reaching out to me on LinkedIn. People would DM my brother. People would DM Knoxville. I mean, S- there's nothing creative about it. So uh so so
0: so I asked Scott like who who's who won like what was the raddest thing and Scott says nobody did anything even remotely creative so I thought to myself what would I do if I wanted to win the shoes and I was like oh well I would like get like a you know a green sheet and and uh, you know like climb like like I would make it with a green screen that I was climbing out of the shoe and then I would. Edit, you know, in the editing, I'd make myself become a big giant and then pick up the shoe and 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 say thanks, Scott Randolph, for the yeah, you know, like and so I did it like super easy and yeah, I, I did and the it video was
2: rad too. I did
0: it in literally one take. <laughs> yeah. and, you out,
2: and you also brought out a guy to help film. That,
0: that, then I, that Lux called me out. She said that. Uh, that it wasn't fair because I was using sophisticated editing and green sc- <laughs> and green screens, and then not so everybody you not everybody has access to that. So I tried to do another version where uh, there was no green screen; it was just a depth perception thing. Yeah. Where I climbed up the shoe and then jumped into it. And I did it, but it was lame.
2: <laughs> okay, so then okay, so then you won because you actually I did won. it. I won. And so, people so made... would say it's rigged, but it's not. You actually did the video, and I gave oh, dude, you.
0: I, I blew it out. I won by a mile. There's, there's and not you gave even... him the
2: shoes? So I gave so Steve I, the so shoes. I'm the
0: current, <laughs> I'm the current <laughs> owner of the shoes, but, but I don't want them. Why don't you want them? <laughs> because I'm, a, I'm an animal guy, and they're made out of leather.
2: So what are you going to do with them?
0: I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna post a video with showing what I did to win the shoes, and now that they're mine, I'm gonna invite people to win the shoes from me, without harassing all of our associates and loved ones <laughs> with, with un, unsolicited messages like uh, that turned into a nightmare you were like dude. get a hold of me everybody you know everybody i know
2: Knoxville screenshotting like hey this fucking guy message like, oh my god oh my god i'm so sorry dude. About
0: it. Like everybody, everybody's bugging everybody about. It. i don't want anybody reaching out to anybody else mm. just do your creative thing and tag me
2: yeah, there you go. I, and and, and I would tag me, and you know,
0: I go through my Instagram tags. You know, I, I see all that.
2: And, and and while we're while we're in the spirit of giving things away, I have some Kyrie Irvings that I don't want. Are <laughs> Kyrie, you, what's am that? I saying that right? Kyrie Irving, yeah. So, Kyrie, yeah. Are they Nikes? Yes. Okay, so I have Nike Kyrie yes. Irvings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the floral print, and... When did you get those? <laughs> I'm a <shoe> head, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a sneakerhead or a shoehead? Yeah, head? you're a sneakerhead. Yeah, sneaker you there you go. So I'm a sneakerhead now, <laughs> and the way to win this one it's really near and dear to my heart, if you go to walmart.com and buy Steve-O's Hot Sauce for Your Butthole and screenshot <laughs> the proof of purchase with a five-star review, you might have a chance to win. Wow. But like you it. can't get a hold of me on social media because I'm off. So go ahead and tag Steve in it. Yeah, tag and Steve. Steve will pick the winner.
0: I, I'll say this. Any tag or any post I see that shows a five-star review for a, a proven purchase of Hot Test for a Butthole... I will double tap that I mean I double tap everything that I see especially with,
2: on walmart.com because that's gonna be big
0: I mean anytime somebody buys merch from stevocom and posts anything with it like not, without fail I always double tap that okay problem is that people don't understand that I don't see it if they just put my handle in the in the mm, caption yeah, yeah yeah you have to actually tag yeah b- because uh, the volume of, of stuff like I just I don't see the you got to tag. I see everything that I'm tagged in properly.
2: All right. And then how do people go get tickets to the ModSun tour? That's
0: modsun.com. That's oh. uh, the endstibo.com.
2: We're going to add a little link there as
0: well. Um, yeah, modsun.com.
1: M O D S U N. ModSun stands for Movement on Dream, Stand Under None. So, yeah, M O wow. D S U N.com.
0: Movement on Dream, Stand Under None. Yeah. I like that, dude. Yeah. Killer man, like um, it. fucking dude! Man. Thanks for being a fan see, of the podcast. See, I,
1: I I am a fan of the podcast, and just just uh, I do I do have a question whether you, okay. whether you leave this in or not. But like, so I'm three years, eight months, seven days sober without drinking or drugs, um, no, no weed. So that's been about like a year and a half. I okay. no wow. Congrats, um, dude. So like, it's to to me, you know, it just it really seems to be getting more difficult okay right and um was there did did you go through that similar around this time um and is there just like
0: i am a big fan of the 12-step process right and i think that that it's demonstrable Mm -hmm. the you know validity of it because millions and millions of people have come before us yeah and uh you know basically the the proof is in that yeah you know like there's a book which outlines the 12-step process right. and it nobody's ever tried to rewrite it nobody you know like there's just one book since 1939 yeah. and then you know the, the consensus is they got it right and the people who uh follow that book so it the book outlines the 12-step process and the the point at which i believe the obsession to drink alcohol and take drugs is lifted comes when one completes a thorough fifth step
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think that that like uh just going by that you know like mm-hmm. that step 4 is where you make an inventory of everything that that uh upsets you and and like it's pretty incredible the way everything that upsets you falls into three categories there's resentment you know if you're like just pissed off at somebody then that that's upsetting there's fear and there's guilt mm-hmm. so so the the inventory process
2: well harm is done to others
0: that that brings guilt you feel guilty because you harm okay. somebody
2: fair enough mm-hmm. yeah
0: so uh so you make a, a a list of everything that you can think of that you feel resentful about you make a list of everything you can think of that you feel fearful about. You make a list of everything you can think of that you feel guilty about. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you, you know, you take these lists. That's step four. You take these lists to somebody and you talk through it all with them. Okay. Get it all off your chest. And the idea is that you break down what your part is in the resentments, you, you break down what like appropriate indicated action you can do to address your fears and in this process you you really dismantle everything that screws you up you you, you, you take the power out of everything that upsets you yeah. and once you've once you've done that like you don't like the, the edge is taken off. like everything that you're using the drugs now alcohol to soothe is soothed
2: yeah. So so <laughs> yeah, I think the difference is that like if you haven't done that and you're yeah. not drinking or doing drugs, you're like what they say is like white knuckling mm-hmm. yeah. and so it's like that stuff's still inside of you. You're just not covering it up anymore, so it probably will get harder. Yeah, and it's just maybe eating you alive. And then when you do take the power to that, or like when you let go of like a secret and like telling somebody, that takes a lot of the power out of it too. And then for me, when I did that, like my life got better and better. but up until that point and I was sober it's just like it's like I had an infection inside of me and I wasn't taking uh, I wasn't numbing out to Mm. like to to be distracted by it like I was finally not doing drugs and then like the infection was like oh fuck it's like painful inside it just kept getting more painful and painful and I think the steps is like cutting you open doing the work is like you know having a doctor kind of clean you out and stitch you back up Mm -hmm. you're getting the infection out
0: I've heard people say, I never suffered from alcoholism until I got sober. Yeah. Right, and that's yeah. like, uh, because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because <laughs> the, the the drinking alcohol and taking drugs is not the disease.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is, if anything, a remedy for <laughs> the disease. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. symptom of the disease. The disease is centered in our mind, and the, characteristics of the disease are uh, restless irritability discontent like we're just plain uncomfortable in our own skin and we need to to soothe that discomfort so yeah. we cover it up with drugs and alcohol you take away the drugs and alcohol you still have the disease so you got to do something to to address that discomfort to dismantle the the ills of the disease, and that's where the inventory process comes. You literally do an inventory of everything that makes you uncomfortable, mm. and it's the it's the raddest thing. It is.
3: It's super rad. Was the fourth really difficult for you?
0: Oh my God, I I got the fourth step blues and landed up in a psych ward. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, so You
2: wrote it or before or during? With, uh, I,
0: I was in. I went back and forth between steps four and five. Mm-hmm. You know, I would write out a bunch. I would go and, and talk through it. I'd go back and write more. I'd go back and yeah. talk through now, it. Now, were
3: you, on, uh, for the fourth, were you going back as far as you could, like, sure. to, of course, as, as long as you could yeah, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, because at first, I was just like, dude, I was fucking eight years old. That's where,
2: care. but that's where, like, some of the, yeah. you know, what do they say? If it's hysterical, it's historical. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it comes yeah, from yeah. somewhere. For
3: sure. But yeah, every time I would, I would go to my sponsor to do, to do the fifth, and and he would be like no like you need to go you need more you need to go back further because yeah. the like, more
0: the more data that you can crunch yeah. the more effective the process is yeah. like you get out of it what you put in so yeah. if you like really thoroughly put everything that's ever bothered you into it yeah. and what's crazy about doing the this this process is that as you get into it as you break down all of the these things on your inventory patterns emerge mm-hmm. and you realize oh my god like I always trip myself up by doing this so you identify patterns you identify behaviors which don't serve you and you can they call it uncover discover discard mm. and you just kind of let go but yeah. the problem I had and why I wound up in the psych ward for the second time with three months of sobriety I uh, <laughs> had in my, you know, in my inventory, I just put down like I I was I was looking at things that I had done that I that I just felt like a terrible person for having done, in my my harm done others inventory, mm-hmm. the things I felt guilty about, and I just arrived at the conclusion that I was a terrible person and did not deserve forgiveness, and that the only thing that was going to work was I had to kill myself. Fuck. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And, uh, and, and and I was at, a, you know, one of our meetings and I'd shared that. I said, all of the work I'm putting into my steps, I feel like I'm just getting out self-hatred. I just feel like I hate myself. I can't forgive myself. And I just want to blow my brains out.
2: Now, how and long did that How many feeling, months in? Yeah, yeah.
0: I was three months sober at that time. <laughs> but yeah. how
3: long did that feeling last, that self-hatred from doing that? Um.
0: Well, I... I, I the. That meeting took place on a hospital grounds that had a psych ward on those. They, the the good people of the group, just they lovingly walked me across the grounds to the psych ward where <laughs> I checked you said myself. To in. Kill yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh uh-huh. And and I was with it. I was like, hey, I need to be in here. Yeah. So I checked myself into
2: that psych ward. They're like, pill boy's back. <laughs> 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 so,
0: while I was in that psych ward, and I couldn't get out for like three weeks. But while I was in there, I was reading that same book, which, is, uh, you know, which outlines the 12 steps. And um, there's a chapter in that book, um, which I was, I was reading it. And uh, it says that the the history of every alcoholic is plagued with specters of you know specters th- the things every alcoholic has a history of uh, of, of things that they they've done they're humiliating tragic you know like sad even like it's like funny you know but like but like the the the, the sum total of any alcoholic's past. Like, it's comprised of a lot of stuff that, that you would think you got to like, it says, one would think that the past of an alcoholic, that, that, for, that future happiness was dependent upon forgetfulness of the past. Like, you could never be, you'd be so ashamed of what you've done in your past that you can never be happy in your future mm. unless you're able to swipe it all under the rug, <clears throat> load it up into the closet, right. throw away the key and never think about it ever again if you're gonna be happy after you've done all that crap it says but art and it says but our history shows the exact opposite that in fact the the tragic humiliating you know like upsetting past of the alcoholic is actually the like uh, the, one of the greatest, if not the absolute greatest, asset to the alcoholic, because having overcome that terrible past, yeah. now mm-hmm. the alcoholic is equipped to help other people overcome their own past by rising above it, moving forward, moving past it. Now, we can we can help others do the same. That's why the the, the book says, uh, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, well, like a uh, that we'll see how our past can be useful to others. So in that reading of that, I was reading that book, I'm in the psych ward, I just think I'm a terrible... It it just kind of clicked for me. Like, oh, maybe, like, all this awful crap that I did which I feel so just terrible about and I feel like I can't forgive myself. Maybe the answer isn't to kill myself. Maybe the answer is to just stop being that terrible person like that's what the inventory process is for is yeah. uncover discover discard like maybe i just let go of that that's the whole point yeah. don't don't dwell on like how ashamed i am but just stop being that stop doing that and so when i got out of that psych ward i checked myself back into rehab again i started over from scratch and and I just took the the position that I don't want to be that guy anymore, mm. and and that then I I shifted my my motivation, my perspective, and ever since then, it's and and really that that same shame of being, of all that crap I did became the fire under my ass to mm. to stay sober
2: for the right reasons. What are you thinking about when he says that?
1: That is just like a great example for me. To know I mean first off that like I didn't do the steps I haven't done the steps so like first off I think that that's like the real big move that I need to do the second is that like you seem to have this idea that see like my, my biggest cons- my biggest thing that keeps fucking with my head is that I'm at the point now where it's almost like the there was like a high from getting sober and proving to myself that i could do that and it seems like that's somehow running low and now i feel like i'm like was more interesting or more fun or something being fucked up and i know i know that's wrong
0: Uh i know
1: that's wrong and i can say it out loud it's just about i need to convince myself and i just look at what you're saying with like you have this real passion behind you that like I mean, you've lived one of the craziest lives of anyone I've ever known. Yeah,
0: that part was easy for me because looking at my professional career before I got sober, like, I, I put a lot of work into developing a skill set that I could utilize for, you know, the, the style of entertainment that, you know... That, that i became known for yeah i put a lot of effort into it there was like some some legitimate skill behind it there was a lot of creativity there was like there was it wasn't just dumb you know there was some, there was there was work and there was creativity and it gradually as i got worse on with drugs and alcohol it devolved mm-hmm. and by the end i, I mean i was just look how wasted I am like oh and it was like steve peed on this you know yeah. like it was just where could I be inappropriate pull out my wiener pee on something mm-hmm. like a peed steve peed on a red carpet you know like yeah. steve smoked pot here like there was just like it. it be, smoked it beca- on an airplane right <laughs> smoked on an airplane It be, it just became kind of pathetic that like the, like, gone was the real creativity. Gone was the, like, the the effort, like, the... I just became a sad, pathetic guy, you know? And um, it's scary to get sober, but, I mean, I'm way... I, I've demonstrated, like, many times over to, like, to the power of the nth degree that I'm far more creative for sure and fun yeah and sobriety than I was particularly at the end of my run with drugs and alcohol (laughs) yeah yeah so I mean I would submit to you that if you feel like you're gonna be more fun creative interesting on drugs and alcohol I mean in in our literature it says head on over to the nearest bar room and see what happens Mm -hmm. you know like um I have, I have trouble believing that that uh, there's going to be any...
2: Yeah, because if I think about drinking, I'm not thinking about, like, drinking. I'm thinking about getting fucked up. And, like, I was talking with my therapist, and I said, Man, dude, like, I just wish I could be normal and drink, like, a six-pack of beer a night and chill. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like, that's funny that, like, you think that's normal. And I was like, it's mm-hmm. not? And she's like, that's your thinking. Like, mm-hmm. I, I... like." I want, I fantasize about getting, I don't, I don't fantasize about enjoying the hit of weed. And It's like, I just fantasize about being fucking blazed on the beach all day. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I think about, you know? Yeah. It's not enjoyable. Yeah. I think about the most extreme of like,
0: that's crawling
2: true. and being a fall down drunk. Yeah. Like, you know, and like, falling I, asleep in a dumpster. Yeah. I like it. Yeah.
1: It's, I, I it's want. to romanticize yeah. like you were talking about, like Wachowski and all yeah. that, you know?
0: I want to be so, like, crazy on drugs that I haven't slept for three days and that, <laughs> yeah. like, people yeah. are walking around who aren't actually there. Yeah, you don't want to you want to be, <laughs> <of> lying. Lying. <laughs>
2: wanna be up yeah. for the, you think yeah. about the fifth day, how fun that would be, yeah. you know? It's like, yeah. so, the thinking's and, off. Yeah.
0: Right, and the other thing, too, that, like, uh, people who are not alcoholic never wonder if they're alcoholic, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but, you know. That's well,
2: not- no. It's like, you know how somebody's an alcoholic? If it's like, my sister's a normie, and if I was like, when was the last time you drank? She'd be like, I don't know, like four months ago. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Maude, when's the last time you drank? You're like, three years, seven so days, much. six hours, and 14 <laughs> minutes. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
0: it's
1: so, so true, bro. You know? yeah. yeah. Exactly, bro. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, the other thing, too and this is I say this a lot that in my view the worst situation to be in is to kind of be alcoholic yeah you have alcoholism but not too bad yeah because in that situation there's no like black and white definite like need to address it and because there's not that it's not that bad it, it can go on and and it does go on because it's not that bad. So it just it, you never do anything about it, and like you're it, it it it's just bad enough to slow you down to compromise your ability to accomplish your goals. You you're know? talking about to, like
3: the functioning
2: addict. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> eating just, soup with a fork. It's just <laughs> <Yeah>. it's
0: <laughs> just bad enough to interfere with your relationships to yeah. make you not me- realize your potential. Yeah, you know, but not bad enough. That it's got to stop, so it continues, and and you know, it, years slip through your fingers, and then the years turn into decades, and next thing you know, you're you're like old, and you think, yeah. damn, I blew it. Yeah. As opposed to if you have alcoholism, so dramatically badly that it has to be addressed and that was the boat I landed in very lucky to land in that boat because I was 33 years old and I had to do something about it now I'm coming up on 15 years of not being impeded by drugs and alcohol you know and by like you know for 15 years I've largely been able to focus my energy and my ability on what I want to do. Now, of course, to Scott's point that like chasing pussy around it, like really impedes one's ability to accomplish their goals. But then I addressed that too. And now i've got I've got this great relationship with my girl, and like there's no distractions. So I'm like a laser, just like, you know, like laser focused and nothing's in my way wasting my time or and so, like to me, that's the, yeah. the ultimate.
2: P- people, like, when when they talk about, you know, he- heaven, hell, or, like, purgatory, like, the in-between, like, my definition of hell would be being high as fuck with another person that's high as fuck, talking about, like, dreams, like, you know, I can't mm. wait to do this. Like, that would be my definition of hell. <laughs> oh, Dude, I was I'm in just that sitting hell there for a decade. It's like, okay, dude, like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and then it's like, or... <laughs> being 50 or 60 talking about the glory days, you know, it's like right now in my life, it's, it's full and there's goals and there's things to look forward to on a daily basis. Like that's why I got sober. I, 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 one of the things I talk about is I tried really, really fucking hard to travel the world when I was getting fucked up and like, I maybe did like 10 countries, you know, and I was like broke and I was just kind of like, I'd be in Germany sleeping on the floor, you know, on a park bench with a newspaper over me or like just fucking staying at a shitty hostel and trying to work for two weeks to, you know, in Ireland, whatever. And then when I got sober, uh, Damn, fuck we've been to like 40 countries together you know it's just kind of like <laughs> things just happen so easily where it's like I, I i have it's like it's not like when i try my hardest to do something when i'm fucked up and i'm in the wrong state of mind like i said eating soup with a fork it's like you're just working so hard to fucking not get full and then once you kind of like just give up and be like all right fuck it i surrender shit just pops off pops yeah. off yeah. <laughs> you know, so.
0: yeah we're big fans of sobriety <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean my whole life changed when when yeah. when i changed it yeah, really dude. did yeah and then you met the one yeah well that that 100 percent that and then i mean just everything in my life i mean just my mom being like i look at you and i feel like i have my son back you know what i'm saying yeah. was, That's was 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 yeah. like a, a big thing but there was just such a and this is what i need hearing all this is so great because like i said and it's probably i mean you guys could tell me it's probably the wrong way to think about it is that like there was so much um like like i said like a high attached to the fact of proving to myself that i could do it um whereas pink that, that's yeah so that and yeah that's i gotta I, be done with that right and and just realize that that it's more to it than just the proving right. to myself.
0: Here's the thing, and I think this is probably the most important. I feel
1: broken, like, at this point right now with just, right. like, not knowing here, here how to move forward. Like, everything felt like I was moving forward at such a great rate, and I just, like, don't want to okay. end that.
0: Um, whether one is an alcoholic or not, take take that completely aside. And we're not talking about addiction on any level, we're just talking about being a human being. Okay. I think that most people's biggest problem is that they have not identified the thing that they are just ultimately passionate about. Mm-hmm. Because it is impossible to hit a bullseye if you are not aiming at a target. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just don't have a what they—they they don't have a purpose. They don't have that thing that they want to do. And so without identifying a goal, it's impossible to accomplish a goal. So people are just kind of wandering through life without like a goal. And that's the biggest problem, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you gotta identify what it is that you're passionate about, and then life takes on this uh, this magical purpose and this opportunity to be fulfilled that otherwise you, you can't have. So for you, I I hear you saying that that uh, you know life is you know the the high of proving to myself that I could live without drugs and alcohol is kind of wearing off, and now I'm wondering, am I more more interesting if I pick up drugs and alcohol again? And I would say that probably number one you wouldn't be thinking that if uh, if there wasn't some danger there. Mm-hmm. And number 2, I think you could eradicate that entire line of of thought by just like recommitting yourself to identifying your purpose. Yeah. You know, like if you if you just sit down, if you just ask yourself, "Yeah, I'm getting ready to go on this epic tour. I've got a new album coming out." Like what? Where is the void coming from? You know, like, are you concerned that that now that you've got this album out, like that 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 now you need creative juices to start writing the next album, and so you're insecure about that, and it's making you question your sobriety? Like, you know, like get to the root of what the concerns are.
1: Yeah, the why, and just keep yeah. asking why.
0: Yeah, and I mean lean into it yeah. I would say you know and and if uh, if you feel like you, you've got more experimenting to do that you need to go out there and, and and get loaded smoke a joint you know like whatever it is just uh, be careful maybe not even be careful but just be be ready to identify like a, a, just a loop of of counterproductive, yeah, shit, you know,
2: Groundhog's Day, mm. yeah, of Loserville, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, maybe you're maybe you're not an alcoholic. Maybe you're not. You know, there's only one way to find out, and that's just crash and burn. But yeah. like, but my my concern would be the only having alcoholism a little bit, so it just goes on forever and just slows you down and just makes your life less than completely fucking awesome yeah so ask yourself what what is your vision for your life to be the maximum completely fucking awesome that it can be, mm-hmm. and then draw your roadmap to that being your reality and let nothing fucking interfere with the the fucking mission to make it down that path and be that awesomeness. <laughs> Yeah. and I don't think they're getting fucking stoned and fucked up like even like is part of that path.
1: No, dude, it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I, I got I cleaned up completely because of almost dying from an overdose. There you know? go. I'm like, so I know where it leads me.
2: I was don't... it
3: was it just one overdose that that did mm-hmm. it for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. With, with drugs. See, it wasn't that- cocaine that wasn't that's a a
2: scary overdose and and, yeah
1: i mean it was it was a like seven day bender mixed with you know a couple other things along the way but yeah
0: so uh, people had to have been walking around at that point (laughs) yeah people that were not there (laughs) yeah man, well dude we'll, we'll leave it with that dude like ask yourself what's the fucking awesomest version of my life that i can possibly make real and uh and let that be the, the North Star that that guides your next steps.
1: Dude, thank you. Yeah. Thank, right you. Mean,
0: thank you, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was
1: great. Phew. Really appreciate it. Hell yeah. For sure.
0: Did I tell you that last half an hour was wild or what? Man, it's the most we've gotten really into it about uh, addiction and recovery. Maybe ever. And uh, after that, Mod Son, and I went hiking, playing with the chainsaw just blast I'm rooting for that guy I love that kid and uh, hey man I love you too the people who stick around to the end of the podcast my beloved street team please do give Modson some love and love yourself and each other too yeah
2: (laughs) yeah